Ever since Buster Posey abruptly retired after the 2021 season, the Giants, in my opinion, had entered the next couple of years in a pretty uh, slippery situation at the catcher position, a non-enviable position where they were relying on a guy in Joey Bart who I had my serious doubts about, and clearly the team had their doubts about. But going into 2023, the emergence of Patrick Bailey has solidified the position, and now the signing of Tom Murphy has just completely solidified the position, and the Giants appear set and in an enviable spot going into next year. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide Daily episodes, actually, for now, three days a week, just for this brief period um, until spring training kicks off with pitchers and catchers, uh, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started, as promised, if you follow me on Twitter or X, as you should, um, we're going to discuss the Giants signing Tom Murphy to what comes out to a multi-year deal here. Tom Murphy gets a two-year guarantee with a club option for a third year. So this is a commitment the Giants are making to a catcher. And so it raises a lot of questions. And and I got a lot, you know, I think there's like sometimes a vocal minority of people who feel a certain way, whereas perhaps the majority understand why this move actually makes a ton of sense. And to me, the move makes a ton of sense. And basically, like I said, Ever since Buster Posey retired, I just, I mean, if you've been an everydayer or even a casual listener of the show during the off seasons past, you know, I have had my doubts about the, uh, about Joey Bart, frankly, about his likelihood of succeeding offensively at the major league level based on what I have seen, based on what I have seen in the minor leagues as well. Enter Patrick Bailey, who I, I will be the first to admit I did not see coming, like almost nobody saw this coming. Did anybody outside of the Giants' own organization see Patrick Bailey coming the way that he came on in 2023? I don't, I don't think so. But Bailey, I mean, just emerged as he was a gold glove finalist and probably should have won the award, even though he only played 97 games. And he only hit 233, 285 on base, 359 slugging, but put up According to Fangraphs, 2.8 wins above replacement, uh, basically despite being 22% below average offensively overall. The thing is, he kind of held his own with the bat. He didn't chase out of the zone. And so I see like room for improvement. 
Uh, offensively, the strikeout rate wasn't through the roof like it was with Joey Bart. The chasing wasn't a big problem like it was with Joey Bart. And so we'll get into the ramifications for Bart later. But for now, this is about Tom Murphy. And what Tom Murphy was clearly signed here to be is like the secondary catcher to Patrick Bailey. Now, a common thing, a lot of people mentioned this uh, in response to what I was saying on Twitter, kind of applauding this move for the Giants and how it, I think it gives them one of the better catch, catcher setups in the league. Uh, that four million dollars is just too much money, four million a year uh, for a backup catcher, and I just wholeheartedly disagree. Like the economics of the game, four million dollars is like mid- middle reliever money, and it's just very much the going rate for this kind of player and. Uh, However, I mean, you're also getting a lot of upside offensively, in particular with Tom Murphy. Like when he is on the field, which has been a problem. And so in some ways, it's like pump the brakes a little bit. It's just another guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's not necessarily young. I mean, he's not young. He's going to be 33 right around the time of opening day, and it's a two-year commitment. So it's age 33, age 34 seasons. Plus, like I said, there's a club option even for for a third year here. But when he's been on the field, he's been one of the better hitters, particularly against left-handed pitching. And so what I like here is that you can leverage something, right? And so Patrick Bailey... Any catcher is going to need their days off. And so what this allows you to do is say, okay, well, why don't we strategically kind of plan his day off for when we're we're going to be facing this tough lefty, insert Tom Murphy, who's just simply been one of the better hitters against left-handed pitching when he's been on the field ever since he was acquired by the Mariners in a trade from the Giants who had claimed him off waivers like four days prior back in 2019. So uh, in that time, since 2019, on the Mariners against left-handed pitching, Tom Murphy hit 287, 379 on base, 539 slugging. Overall, that's a 152 weighted runs created plus. We are talking about only 387 plate appearances. That's not exactly a huge sample size. It's not the tiniest sample size I've ever seen, but it's not a lot. But nonetheless, he's just mashed left-handed pitching, okay? And this is your backup catcher. And again, you can leverage this. You can say, Patrick Bailey needs a day. We got a lefty coming up. Um, And historically, I know not in the big leagues last year, but I don't look too much into single season platoon splits, especially when it uh, goes against what he's done in his entire pro career. Bailey has been better from the left side of the plate. And so you're pairing... You know, Bailey's better side, I believe, moving forward will be, will be the left side of the plate. And Tom Murphy's better side is the right side of the plate. And so, no, it's not a platoon. Uh, it's just a situation where catchers need breaks. And um, so Tom Murphy, by the way, that 152 weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching since 2019, there's 243 players with at least 350 plate appearances against lefties since 2019 and that weighted runs created plus of 152 meaning 52 percent better than league average offense is 11th best out of 243 players some notable players behind tom murphy here include mike trout bo bichette 
Jose Altuve, Ozzy Albies, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, Austin Riley. Those are some of the players immediately below Tom Murphy. Now, granted, those players have all had more plate appearances than Murphy over that span, largely because Murphy... Again, I don't want to call it like strictly a platoon, but when you're talking about catchers, like that's the one position where you might see, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a, it's not a platoon. I think Bailey's going to be out there as much as catchers can reasonably be out there, but you're able to leverage a skill when Bailey does get his inevitable days off. Whereas if you look at Joey Bart's career platoon splits, he's been bad against both. It's not it'd be one thing if Bart like, okay, he really struggles against righties, but he mashes lefties. He has been just as bad, if not worse, against left-handed pitching in his, albeit brief, major league career. And so anyway, Dan Zimborski wrote this up like basically uh this morning on Fangraphs and he does the Zips projection system he's the creator of that and he basically echoed like every single point that I had made on Twitter the night before last night um and so I was like great article by Dan Zimborski and he was like thanks and I was like well you know I happen to agree with everything that you said and so maybe that's why I think it's great but at the same time I really do agree with everything he said the question is going to be health and so um and we've heard that story before and it has not always worked out and in fact it has often not worked out and so coming up in just a minute we're going to discuss the ramifications for Joey Bart but also what has been the issue for Tom Murphy staying healthy what have been the injuries that we're going to hear um through a you know through a message that I was sent by the host of Locked on Mariners, where this where Tom Murphy has spent the last many years of his career detailing the kind of history of this guy, uh, Tom Murphy. So much more to get to about this signing in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers Get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Like I said to you uh, all of last week, you could have bet on the 49ers to beat up on, not even beat up, just beat the Arizona Cardinals. And sure enough, they did. If you had placed that $5 bet, then you'd be looking at 150 in bonus bets by first going to fanduel.com slash locked on. And coming up on Sunday, I'm scrolling to see the odds for the upcoming 49ers game. Actually, what am I talking about? Monday, Christmas Day, Niners at minus 230. Uh, favorites again, even uh, against a good team in the Baltimore Ravens. So again, fanduel.com slash locked on. Place that $5 money line bet on any team. And if that team wins, you get 150 in bonus bets. The app is super easy to use. There's no better time uh, to get in on the on the action if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. So again, fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, as promised, we are going to detail the like realities of Tom Murphy's kind of flaws. And the flaws are simply like health and maybe age to an extent. But when you're talking about a backup catcher, it's not someone that you necessarily are going to lean heavily on. And in the event that you have to lean heavily on him, he's a catcher too. So he needs breaks too. And so it's not, it's just not a position where you have an everyday guy. It's kind of a timeshare, no matter how it works out. Even if Bailey, 
you know, were to get hurt and Murphy were kind of thrust into a more prominent role than the Giants are hoping for. I mean, he just he's up for the task when it comes if there's a lefty on the mound like he's a he's a dangerous bat. And to get that out of your backup catcher is just, you know, not something that a lot of teams necessarily have. Um, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, later on this week, we're going to be detailing uh, the latest with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We've got a bunch of mailbag questions. We've got uh, we've got Logan Webb not making the first or second team all MLB. I'm going to rant about that. And so, there, so you know, a lot to get into and also some, some Farhan Zaidi comments about what the Giants are still looking to do after they uh, introduced Jung-Hoo Lee last week. And so keep coming back for that. Uh, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so I just wanted to comment on... Um, some of the things that my guy Ty Gonzalez, the host of Locked On Mariners, had to say about Tom Murphy. So, uh, you know, his opinion, you know, someone who watches the the team that this guy played on since 2019 every day uh, is someone to listen to. And what he said was Murphy's defense has really declined with injury. He still holds a good rapport with his pitching staff, but his blocking has significantly regressed and he's really struggled to control the run game. 27 steals allowed on 28 attempts this past year, which is obviously really bad. Uh, Ty, host of Lockdown Mariners, goes on to say, basically what you're paying for here is the upside of having one of the better hitting catchers in baseball, which he's been when he when he's uh, healthy, as well as a quality clubhouse guy. But the offense has been in a relatively small sample, and he's really struggled to stay available. And so then I sent Ty a direct message asking if he would please elaborate and give me any more detail that he could. And what he said was, you know, especially about the injury history, because if you look at the playing time by season with Murphy, we're talking he didn't play in 2020. I thought maybe he opted out, but it was an injury. 76 games in 2019, 97 games in 2021, 14 games in 2022 and 47 games last year. So it's a very real um potential issue is being able to stay on the field. And we've seen that before. And so that I don't want to um, underplay that or undersell that. Um, but anyway, th- here's what Ty had to say. 2022 was shortened due to a left shoulder injury that required surgery. This year was a late season thumb fracture that he just couldn't work his way back from in time. Had a foot thing that kept him out in 2020. He's also had some knee issues. Limited playing time has been due to a bunch of factors. Some load management due to the injuries for sure, but the Mariners have also been fortunate to have some pretty good catching situations since he got here, especially with Cal Raleigh the last couple years. Uh, the Mariners DH'd Tom Murphy a fair amount when his bat was really cooking. And so if you're, again, if you're backup catcher who you're paying like middle reliever money, I don't want to hear like $4 million is too much. I just think that's crazy. In, like 
the economics of the modern game, $4 million is nothing. And again, if you read that Dan Zimborski article, he says the exact same thing. He says it's a very modest price for what you're potentially getting here, which again, I'm not say, I'm not claiming this is the second coming and a superstar, but as your backup catcher and, and Bailey, you know, fell off a lot offensively as the season went on. And the overall numbers, like I said, were not good offensively overall. Yes. Good, but fueled by defense. And so let's say you're down like four to two in the bottom of the ninth or something. And there's like a lefty closer on the mound and Patrick Bailey's spot comes up or some other, you know, spot in the lineup. That's more of a defensive oriented player. You're able to use, uh, your backup catcher off the bench as a big threat. It's it's the best duo I think that they've had since they had Posey and Steven Vogt. And it was the same kind of deal where Posey, the right-handed hitter, wasn't a platoon. It was like Posey's going to play the vast majority of the time, but strategically, Steven Vogt able to start against right-handed pitching and be a threat off the bench because he could hit right-handed pitching. And so Giants just haven't had that. They've had some of it with Sable, and we'll get to Sable more later. But anyway, I just the the fact that they DH'd him a fair amount when his bat was really cooking. Like, how often can you say that about a catcher in general, and especially your secondary catcher? And so, I just think it's a perfect fit. Uh, health is gonna determine whether or not this deal works out. They have also had even a former Mariner like Mitch Haniger. Uh, health was an issue this year, but also he just flat out had the worst offensive season of his career. And so there's no guarantee of success, but you know, they're paying, uh, Mitch Handiger like $43 million over three years versus 8 million for Tom for two years of Tom Murphy. So it just creates a really good situation. It has ramifications though. It has ramifications for two guys. We saw a lot of this year in Joey Bart and Blake Sable. And the most significant ramification is for the former number two overall pick in Joey Bart, who, um, because he's out of minor league options, they cannot just, they cannot send him to AAA without uh, first exposing him to waivers, AAA or any minor league level. He has to be in the major leagues or be exposed to waivers once the season comes around. And so if he's not traded before the season, I would be surprised. Um, because clearly the top two in the hierarchy are Patrick Bailey and Tom Murphy. And then, uh, are you going to carry three catchers? And even if you did carry three catchers is Blake Sable ahead of Joey Bart, Blake Sable, a rule five pick spent the whole season. I know he had to because of his rule five status, but they didn't have to keep him, but they, they were committed to keeping Sable and Joey Bart spent basically the whole season in the minor leagues. And so the writing has been on the wall for a long time. And I know that I've received a lot of pushback when I've kind of, I have nothing personal against Joey Bart, but like the writing has been on the wall. And I think for good reason, I mean, I have seen, very poor at bat quality, like basically since the moment he showed up, he went, Joey Bart went through stretches where he was doing much better at not chasing, but then pitchers basically figured out they could just throw pitches in the strike zone and he still wasn't going to hit him. And then he just started striking out roughly like 50% of the time through significant stretches of the season. And so that's just not going to cut it. And 
like imagine if he wasn't the number two overall pick in the draft you would be this would not be a player you would be excited about based on what you've seen yet because he was the and that's the thing baseball just because you were picked high does not guarantee anything and in fact many many picks who were that picked that high go on to not have very productive MLB careers if they have much of any MLB career. And so I wish Joey Bart the best. I think it's just probably going to have to come in another organization. I think a trade is very much a possibility before the season starts. Um, Even if they were to DFA him, you would still have a week to trade him. And so, but they they currently have some openings on the 40-man roster. I don't, they made a trade today to pick somebody up so i don't know exactly how many 40 man spots they have right now uh it looks like it actually may be full and so the next time they acquire a player which they're gonna do then you know joey bart's name is gonna come up as someone who may need to get cleared off the 40 man roster so coming up in just a minute just wrapping up that thought about joey bart and also the ramifications for blake sable who had a pretty you know he had his moments in 2023 for the giants what happens to him here How does he get pushed aside? Why didn't they just give this job to Sable? We'll get into it all in just a minute. And before we do. All right, as promised, more about the ramifications of the Giants signing Tom Murphy to this two-year deal with a club option for a third year. The ramifications for Joey Bart and for Blake Sable. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, actually three days a week for two months out of the year but daily the rest of the year. So we're in that three-day-a-week period. But if anything major happens, we will be with you ASAP, no matter how many shows we've done for the week. Um, it's been a slow off-season. Giants have been you know, a- among the spendier teams thus far, but there's still a lot of talent out there. And-, and I don't think this move stops them from doing anything, by the way. That's the thing is, you know, this is just a move for a backup catcher. And so it gives the Giants, like Dan Zaborski said, one of the more enviable kind of catcher situations in the league, he thinks. And I agree. So anyway, Joey Bart, my little bullet point over here, if you're watching on YouTube, end of the line on for Bart, you know, a little pun there for Bart. But could be. I mean, it, it looks to be the end of the line in San Francisco for Joey Bart. I think a team that is, that's the thing is any other team is going to inherit that same situation where he cannot be optioned. So, uh, it's, it's got to be a team that just isn't going to rely on him because no team is going to feel like they can for sure rely on him. Now, when he was in the big leagues this year, he was one of the better framers, if not the best framer in the game. And so does he have some trade value? Yes. Does he have a ton of trade value? No. And so I just want to be clear about that. I feel like a lot of people think he has more trade value than he does. There's also people who still think Elliot Ramos has a lot of trade value. I just think neither of these guys has much of any trade value, just to be perfectly frank. Their minor league performance to date, their major league performance to date just doesn't warrant having much of any trade value. So people talking like Bart and Ramos as part of a package for like superstar pitcher. It's just like, no, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Like guys like Kyle Harrison. Yeah, they've got trade value, but Joey Bart, not much. And the Giants 
people have asked like, well, now the Giants have no leverage because they made this signing and it made it clear that they didn't believe in Bart. Well, what was last year when they stuck with a rule, a raw defensively rule five pick all season long instead of their former number two pick in the draft in Bart? So the writing, like I said, has been on the wall uh, for a while. This signing doesn't really change that at all. Teams know the Giants haven't been believing in Joey Bart for a while. Anyway, but what about Blake Sable? They did seem to believe in him some, and he certainly had his moments. Uh, To me, though, I mean, first of all, he sheds his Rule 5 status. So he comes now with a full slate of minor league options, three years worth of being optionable. And that's a big deal. I think you need an an optionable uh, third catcher because... You don't necessarily want to carry three catchers on your roster. And at the same time, I mean, not at the same time, and therefore uh, to have somebody who can be optioned, which again, Bart cannot anymore. He's used up those option years, um, is valuable. Now you might say, well, Blake Sable is not good enough defensively to be a catcher. And I, I'd have to look at the numbers again. I know he was really bad with blocking, like really bad. Patrick Bailey wasn't great with blocking either. Here's the thing. If you look at, according to Baseball Savant, and they put a lot of work into this kind of thing, blocking and, uh, yeah, specifically blocking is just so much less important than pitch framing. And Blake Sable rated as a pretty solid pitch framer. I'll have to relook at the data. Uh, Patrick Bailey was elite at pitch framing. Joey Bart was really good at pitch framing. So blocking is less important. And then uh, throwing out runners and like pop times and stuff is more important than blocking. It's just with framing, you're changing the count like every time. And so, and, and if you look at like, what is the difference between an 01 count and a 10 count? It's just like, the end result of the at-bat is just dramatically affected by the difference between a ball and a strike pretty much in every single pitch. And so that is why, and there's so many pitches throughout the course of a game that framing is so much more important than like, did you, oh, and like every few games allow a pass ball, you know, that maybe didn't even affect anything. So, uh, yeah, it's just you, you got to weight the different values of the different attributes defensively of a catcher. And again, like my guy Ty said, Tom Murphy also had the respect and of the of the pitching staff, despite what many are calling his defensive struggles. I haven't watched a ton of defensive Tom Murphy, but anyway, Blake Sable, he can now be optioned. I think it's important to have an optionable third catcher. And he comes with three years of options. He can continue to work on that defense, um, continue to work on that framing, obviously work on the blocking as well, try to get better in that area, but just know that blocking is less important than framing ability. And and Blake Sable, he looked raw to me. He also played outfield, let's not forget, but the Giants have a zillion outfielders on their 40-man. And so Sable's kind of outfield run, I, I, I just think... Yes, in a pinch, like it can have some value, but as a guy, like he had his moments offensively. The dude proved he could, you know, as a raw rule five guy, like could kind of hit right-handed pitching decently and had had some power and had a good eye. Um, And so I like Sable a lot. And if the situation came up where he needed to come up and be kind of a secondary player, 
I guess if Bailey got hurt, then then you perhaps run into a situation where Sable is your primary catcher because he's the right-handed, uh, left-handed hitter facing right-handed pitchers, and there are more right-handed pitchers. I don't know. Hopefully, Bailey doesn't get hurt, and we don't have to figure out what that would look like. But yeah, I mean, the fact that Bart has to be on the roster, I just don't see it happening. And so I, I think a trade uh, is very likely at this point. Anyway, and for Sable, he sticks in the organization. The fact that they carried him on the major league roster all year allows them to shed that Rule Five status and have him be an optionable player, someone who can who can be sent down when needed, but also can be called up when needed. And that's what he's going to become. And I think that's a reasonable role for him, given he didn't set the world on fire. He just had a a solid showing and and proved to be kind of tough mentally, which I really liked. And he's not a guy you want to have to rely on as a if you're trying to be a contender, which the Giants are. Um, Bailey and Murphy, on the other hand, that is a very much contending tandem at the catcher position, in my opinion. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I cannot wait to be with you again two more times this week. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.